Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Ask Men Anything. I'm your host, Emma Willman. If you don't know, this show is all about getting to the heart of the male mind and figuring out why do men, what are they thinking? Where are they going? How is their mom involved? And today I've got an amazing guest for you. His name is Francis Ellis. Francis and I, we go way back. I met him years ago, just around New York City. He's very good looking and that caught my eye. I remember thinking, good for him. He's also from Maine, my home state. And I was so proud of how open and honest he got right away talking about his struggles with masculinity. I was I was nervous actually thinking when he came in, I was like, I don't want him to feel on the defense. How can I make him comfortable? But he just went right into it saying masculinity is something he struggled with a lot in terms of seeing his role in a way that is comfortable and productive for society, but also where he stands. And I learned a lot about him. I also learned about what really happens in the male locker room when you're on a sports team. We're talking looking at penises. I learned things I didn't know, didn't ask for, but I'm glad that it was shared. That part alone is worth listening to this episode because even the guys over at Betches were like, we're learning stuff. Thank you so much for listening to the episode. Please rate, review, share it with your friends. Send us your questions at ama at betches.com. Nothing is too weird. You can also hit me up on my Instagram. I'm at Emma Wilman. I want to ask what you want to know. So here he is, my buddy, our guest for today, Francis Ellis. Thank you guys as always. This is maybe a problematic entryway into something, but objectively, I think Francis is absolutely hilarious. He's so, I think he's so smart and interesting and you articulate your point of view so well. And not that it even matters, but he's very, very handsome. And I don't just say that oh. because he kind of... I mean, I don't want to... He looks a little like me. <laughs> if we're keeping it 100, a lot of times at the, st- at the comedy club, we're both at a lot at the stand, we'll be... I'll go after him. Yeah. And I'll, I'll always try to do a joke about it. But I think then I'm like flattering myself too much. Because I'm like, oh, look, I look like Francis. And people are kind of like, yeah. And I'm like, come on, guys, I do. Like, oh, that's, that's high praise, Emma. Uh, I guess to both of us. Um, and I'd, I'm glad not to uh, ever have to go after you. Because... Mm. I think you're a tough follow. I really do. I appreciate that. Your Thank jokes you. are, are just better than mine. Not not true. I, and so true. So not true. true. Objectively Absol- true, as you like to say. Not true. Not true. <laughs> not true. So when Francis came in, I gave him a little like run through of what we we're going to be talking about, which is modern masculinity. And you mentioned this is actually something that you that you think about. It is something I think about. Um, it's something that I've been thinking about quite a lot, actually, hmm. because, you know, Obviously, ideology shifts and changes, and there's been a lot of, you know, I don't know if you'd call it progress, but... Uh, Absolutely. Our ability to even talk about it has like, yeah. grown and seen it as, you know, it's such a cultural thing. But as that has changed, my life has changed. And this mm. is the thing that, you know, is is where in, in a river of change... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's sometimes hard to find my own footing as a man along that, right? So if you find yourself established or you think like, well, this is what I believe my place is as a man or a young man, and then all of a sudden you get married and you've subscribed to a belief system or an ideology for a long time. I grew up in a very uh, female driven household oh interesting i was gonna ask where you think your conception of masculinity was formed yeah i mean certainly my my family my that's my paradigm Mm. and um you know my mom i'll just brag about her for a second she was in the first class of women at princeton which was uh first class ever yeah first co-ed class she was the pioneering class isn't that a mind-boggling to think that that's like relative to our lifetime yeah hard to believe truly wild and then she went and got her phd at yale um and she'd been an all-american tennis player at princeton so she was the first coach of women's tennis and squash at yale wow and she tells me all these stories about how um at that this was before title nine 
So the men's tennis team. I got to Google that. Title nine. I'm just being honest. I got to Google that. I just spelled <laughs> title wrong. God. <laughs> title nine. Title nine. It was the, I think it's the collegiate ruling that basically said that there needs to be um, equal pay or equal funding allocated to men's and women's sports. Mm. But it goes beyond that. It actually, I think it regulates gender equality issues more broadly in all collegiate aspects. Sure. But I think originally it was meant um, specifically for women's sports and men's sports to have equal funding. Which is huge because especially sports are considered so like displays of masculinity too. Yeah. Quote, you know, in quotes. So then it's like to have the equal funding for it is such a nod towards. Yeah. And, and you know, you run into these things of like, well, call it, say, Ohio State or, uh, you know, Michigan, schools that have football teams. There's no women's football team. Right. There's no women fo women's football team selling 90,000 tickets every Sunday and millions of dollars worth of jerseys at their fan shop and, you know, booster clubs that are donating, you know, 15, 20 million dollar gifts for a new weight room. So people must have been pretty pissed, I'm imagining, for lots of reasons, too, because they could be like, well, they don't make us as much money. I mean, that's typically, yeah, that's typically the sort of male driven, right, uh, short minded response. Totally. But another response would be, well, you know, men's fencing doesn't generate <laughs> that either. And I think if we put uh, all of our sports teams as a, as a funnel to sort of uh, help each other and create this wonderful, you know, intersport, multi-sport, uh, absolutely institution under the banner, then a rising tide floats all boats. Absolutely. Um, and my point back to my mom is that she would tell me stories about how, when she got to Yale to coach the women's tennis team, you know, she would see that the men's team was having chartered flights to go play, I, I guess, Stanford sure. or whatever. And then my mom's team like you guys better walk she my mom would have to rent like a sprinter bus van and and then she would have to drive it herself as the coach <laughs> and that was the only way for them to get to go play you know she'd have to Harvard rent the van and, and brown and, and cornell and cornell is like nine hours away right um and so they and they wouldn't they wouldn't get funding for hotels so they'd have to like play their matches that day and then drive home and get home at like five in the morning and one day she went, I think, <laughs> I don't know if she'd be thrilled that I'm telling this story, but she went into the athletic director's office and said, um, you know, I, I don't think it's particularly fair that we are, we're watching the men's team who have brand new rackets and brand new sweatsuits and they're going on these charter buses and all this and luxury stuff. And we're, we are being, you know, fed hot dogs and grilled cheeses and it's, it's nonsense. And he said to her, well, I think you'd probably make more headway if you started shaving your legs more. What? What? Yeah. And this wasn't that long ago. Oh, my God. Yeah. How did, could she even respond or did she, she just walk she out? She said she was aghast and like couldn't say anything and, and sort of just turned and walked out. That is insanity. Yeah. And, and my mom was getting her PhD at Yale in, in French uh, philosophy. It's also crushing too. <laughs> yeah. Because you have to think about then like looking someone in the face and go, I still have to play in the system to even get something from you. I still have to face you. Yeah, exactly. How did you, what did she do from there? Well, she just, you know, they she made it work and sucked it up. But she finished her PhD and then she, I think, taught at Yale for a couple of years and then just made this abrupt idea a switch to um, this wasn't what she wanted to do. And she <laughs> went to the bond trading floor at J.P. Morgan in the 1980s, another hyper masculine sure. environment. I think she was one of the very few if maybe if not maybe the only woman hyper masculine when you think because think about the trading so the trading floor i'm trying to think of a movie that would illustrate but it's like people are down there yeah. at that point like being like shaking yeah the uh, 700 buys of this and francis and i might maybe not both of us don't know exactly. we don't know yeah, we're trying, we don't know a lot of our movements but it's like you get 10 on tony or whatever <laughs> they're betting they're yelling yeah, it's yeah. very it's very aggressive totally and they're smoking cigarettes and all that going to strip clubs maybe afterwards that was yeah. a big thing at the yeah. time wolf of wall street wolf that, of wall street that environment um and so she did that and i you know in spite of um in spite she was accepted and she was liked and um you know, I, I think found her way in that and uh, 
then met my dad and continued to work and then had us and uh, tried to work part time, but ultimately decided to, to just, you know, raise us and wanted to be with us, but always was over my dad's shoulder advising him on, sure. on business stuff. Because when they met, my mom was making like three or four times what my dad made. Um, and it, it's, it's very easy to say that had my mom continued on her career, we would have been a lot better off as a family. <laughs> sure. Um, Cause she was, yeah, she was very dynamic and, and, and yeah. What do you think instilled, where did she get this sense of just, I'm going to still go for it and keep pushing on? Like was her mom, where did she get that from? Um, it's a good question. I, I probably should have asked her that at some point. I've um, never asked my mom anything truly. If I really <laughs> think about it, I don't even know. You know, I mean, yeah. yes, I ask her everything and nothing at the same time, but. Uh, you know, I think she was incredibly competitive and incredibly athletic. And those two things sort of paved a way for her to, you know, f forge her way into these difficult worlds, these kind of masculine, you know, strongholds. So from a young age, you really had a conception of gender, like it was talked about openly. Yeah, that's exactly. Did you feel guilt do you think maybe even subconsciously when you're hearing your mom tell these stories about things that men did were you able to separate yourself from like men as a bunch or were you like oh god what is this group of people also representing me like do you think you felt guilt around it i don't think that i started identifying with men um until much later in mm. life you know i don't i don't know that uh the the foisting of gender took hold on me i had friends i had i had girls that were friends i liked girls a lot um the i was foisting of gender i love that yeah you know like uh sure we had to go there was a boy's bathroom and there was a girl's bathroom right. and when health class we would split along lines so that you know the girls could learn about whatever was happening in their puberty and we could learn our thing and beyond that though I don't know. I mean, I always liked the athletic girls. I always liked playing with the girls. Um, and then I guess it wasn't until I got to college where I entered my own hyper-masculine world. When did you play lacrosse? Was it in high school? Uh, well, I played my whole, I played in college too. So in that lacrosse, because that's a pretty hyper-masculine environment. Exactly. Because sports like no pain, no gain. Because I was trying to think too about how, because a lot of my representation of masculinity is like through my dad, which for me, at least for him, is like maybe not, you know, he is not conditioned to share his feelings or emotions, but I think sports is very like, you know, go for it, like pain, you know, that's weakness. So in high school, you weren't getting, that wasn't getting put down your throat for lack of a better Um I don't know why I'm wasn't getting you weren't getting gagged on it. <laughs> but in high school you weren't it wasn't something where you were like, okay, I'm very aware of the way masculinity is being presented to me as something I should adopt to. I I, I don't know. That's great if I, not. I, That's I, great. I, maybe. Maybe. I I don't really remember. Mm, but um, then in college. College, definitely. Because all of a sudden my entire world into college was the lacrosse team. Right. I was recruited to play there. I knew the team before I arrived at school. I knew that my best friends were going to be my teammates in my class. They were. I knew them before we got to school, and instantly it was just okay. These are the people you're you're socializing with. We're lifting weights at five thirty in the morning uh, till seven a.m. and then we're all showering together. That was a first experience. Just twenty penises totally naked. in my face and mm. like a complete humor about it too like this is normal let's right. play the game where we cover our uh our eyes so that we can only see guys from the waist down and see if we can identify members of the team oh based on their penis who's good at this game that who's guy's too good at it yeah and that was a fun game i liked that game really you, know, you start to like pick people's you pick things out freckles or like the shape things like that that allow you to to, to you know signify so embarrassed though if they're penis because there's like i know a lot of penis i don't penis shaming or like if the penis isn't big which i always think i'm like hey someone can't control big their penises i don't know why i get so defensive about that yeah i, I not but uh, so me it's like what if you can't like if, or what if someone had like a weird you know not there's a normal ball but say you go whoa that's that's different yeah uh, I, I, there weren't, you know, I think, I think some guys who were maybe a little more, um, self-conscious mm. 
might not have entered the shower <laughs> for the for the first wave. Right. The first wave was the was the real shower heads. Woo. They were the those were the people who we I mean they we love. I was part of that wave. I I really liked the shower. Huh. Um. I thought that was like a a fun bonding moment. Uh, everyone will be passing shampoo around and sudsing each other up. Not not wow. each other, but just, you know. Erotic. Yeah. It was just like uh, free. It sure. was very free. And then maybe you'd see as you came out with and put a towel on that there'd be a couple s- stragglers. <laughs> Hiding in the, be- in the to- individual toilet stall. Yeah. 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 Um, and so, yeah. Th- but I will say that the guys that were, I don't know, had, had, had smaller penises or maybe deformed penises sure. would... Uh, you know, they would either be be humorous about it themselves and self right. deprecating, or like I'm going to get ahead of this. Yeah, there, there was definitely kind of like, well, I'm taking my cue from that guy who's who's got the smallest penis on the team mm. and is leading all the jokes about it. So yes. this is the way. Yes. Um, and uh, and and all you know, so much penis talk, even outside of the showers at, at the cafeterias during lunches, and um. Got, you know, it was it was it was just yeah, very out in the open, and then also you know just hanging out constantly and right. like measuring each other by bench press and forty yard dash time and mm. um, constantly like we- wearing your lacrosse you know sweats to class and like all this stuff. I don't know. I, I, to be honest with you, please, it wasn't really my scene. Did I didn't you feel trapped in it. I did. Yeah, that to makes the sense. degree that uh, I actually quit the team uh, ha- halfway through our sophomore You're season. Like, I'll still come in for the showers and do the penis game. I wish I had. Right, uh, I'll, I'll pop in. Yeah. You know what it made me think of when you said that? There's always a stereotype about like women. Women do sleepovers. They're like showering together, like rubbing. You know, whatever. It's so pornographic. But in actuality, Men. back at the ranch, Very. you guys are sudsing each other up. Sure were. That's funny. Sure I know. Were. That's because it's like or maybe that's why they thought women were doing that because yeah. like we're not doing that at the sleepover we're right. just eating basically <laughs> eating and talking shit and you guys are like oh wow you know we're in the shower you guys are too it was i mean i won't lie it was a shock to sure. the system because I, I didn't play sport in high school I, I know that hockey players in high school would shower together so they were indoctrinated into right. that earlier but the by by me getting to college that was my first experience really with just like get naked you're about to be naked in front of 12 dudes who are also naked and nobody's not looking right you know it's all out in the open we're all on display and we're gonna we're gonna put it into the conversation so that you have to get okay with this would you feel comfortable talk you think that was the time that you guys were felt comfortable talking about your bodies because i was gonna ask too like if you feel like sometimes with men included in the body if you feel included in the body positivity movement I would say it didn't, that was not a factor because we were all in ridiculous shape. Mm. Not not to sound like an asshole. Right. We were conditioning five, six days a week. I mean, we it was the best shape we'll, all of us will ever be in. Exercising so much that there was nothing, there was no amount of food you could eat to put weight on. <sighs> like I was eating plates of food Mm, bad food in the cafeteria just whatever i was starving constantly Mm. you know just running wind sprints from six in the morning till eight shower go to class come back film two hours and then two and a half hours of practice race back home on a bike over the river to to go to the dining hall before it closed what did you feel when you quit um i was not certain uh, I was I because it had been my entire identity, both you know socially and sure. and otherwise up to that point. Uh, and I was uh, feeling a little unmoored, but I had also kind of been softly recruited to play soccer. And after a week of not being on the lacrosse team, um, I walked onto the soccer team. I'm back and played their off season. Who had bigger penises? Uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm I can't answer that. Really? Well, yeah. Well, um, not to you know play into a trope here, but right. the soccer team was much more diverse than the lacrosse team, and so I would give it to the soccer team for okay, sure. Okay. Fair. Yeah. yeah. I don't. You know, and and not that a penis size has anything to do with anything, but it sure has become a topic in the world. Absolutely. I'm not exactly sure why. I don't. It's it's in porn because it's like we associate with like yeah, the girl like loves that, mm-hmm. but that is probably toxic. 
I would definitely think so, but, for sure. But Emma, I've also seen so many, you know, TikTok clips, podcast clips. Like, do you care about the guys? And these are questions to porn stars or right. OnlyFans stars or whatever. And universally, they seem to say like, you know, size doesn't matter. Ah. Like, I'd rather have a, a, a average or something like that. And it has been so commonly, I, it, I, I don't know, I don't know why the algorithm thinks that's something <laughs> I need to hear constantly, day in and day out. I'm not typing in to TikTok, uh, is it okay for me to have an average size penis? I'm not. Uh, and yet, somehow, that is the probably the most common thing. I've been, I've been hit over the head with it oh so God. many times that I'm starting to think, uh, there's some kind of like conspiracy at play to make us all feel like it's okay. And in fact, it's not. It's like, it's getting to be too much. It's overcorrected. Right, you're right. And right. I'm back to thinking you gotta have a big penis. This is, they're targeting you. Yeah. Like this is what this guy needs to hear. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Rude. I'm busy on the go and don't always have time to go to the grocery store and pick out what I'm going to eat for the week. Thankfully, I found ButcherBox. They take the guesswork out of shopping and cooking with a great selection of fish, chicken, beef, and more. And their cuts of meat are always way better than anything I would find in the grocery store. I love their chicken thighs. Best chicken thighs I've ever had. I swear on my mom. With ButcherBox, you can easily find high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. I can get 100% grass-fed, beef-free-range organic chicken and wild-caught seafood delivered straight to my doorstep. I don't even have to mess with going to the store. Plus, they have free shipping always. And because this is really important to me, with ButcherBox, all the meat is humanely raised. That means no antibiotics or added hormones. You can curate and customize what you want in each box. And if you're feeling uninspired in the kitchen, they have an entire catalog of delicious recipes to get you started. All I have to think about is what I'm going to binge watch on TV while I enjoyed ButcherBox's high quality cuts. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash AMA and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash AMA and use code AMA to choose your free for a year offer. Plus, get $20 off your first order. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. We've got some questions for you here. and We also have an email that we're going to get to. This is the first question for modern masculinity questions. Is there anything women get to do that you wish you could do without having your masculinity questioned? Yes. So absolutely. I mean, I think at, at a very basic level, sharing. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Sharing. I mean, women share. They share with each other. They lean on each other uh, for advice, for counsel for um support in in challenging moments um and it's a it's a it seems a, this is something my wife has told me so if i'm i'm wrong blame it on her <laughs> <laughs> not me but uh you know it's like a first recourse like i'm i'm struggling with this i'm going through this i'm, I'm not sure how to make sense of this i'm gonna call my friend i'm gonna meet my friend for coffee and guys aren't instinctively doing that even on a sports team um no, hmm. it, it is uh, for me. I don't know. And I don't know where this came from, but the idea of like, put your head down and bull through it, suck it up, wear yep. it, uh, you know, it, it'll get better. You just have to be patient or you have to, you have to, you know, the title turn, but you got to suck it up and, and stick it out. Oh my God. This kind of like barrel forward, put blinders on, work through it bear more pain mm. in order to turn the tide um, is something that I have always, I guess there's been that interior dialogue telling me that or that monologue. And I don't even know whose voice that is. 
And then it gets so hard to identify your feelings through that muck too. I mean, yeah. I have a hard time identifying my feelings too, but like when that is what you're told and it's like, how do you even identify any feeling other than I guess, anger, frustration, or just being like whatever propels you to move forward. Yeah. So you're not like looking around being like, I'm sad. Right. One thing I really struggled with probably around the age of, I don't know, 27, 28, was that all my friends were in super serious relationships. And then they started, you know, living with their significant others, getting engaged, whatever, and and then and then moving, moving mm. out of the city, moving out of my Suburbs. life. Suburbs. Yeah. Or or whatever, just just burrowing it, you know, committing themselves to a, a, a wife or a significant other. And all of a sudden the uh, reliability of a Saturday hangout or a Sunday hangout, we're watching football, gone. And uh, those probably were the times where what little sharing we did happened. And I, I don't know if I resented, I resented, I would say I resented the guys more than I did their significant others. I didn't think their wives and girlfriends were saying, you can't hang out with Francis anymore. Right. But I just couldn't believe that. A, 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 That's good. Your mind doesn't go there. They're not. You're not thinking. They're saying Keenan out with Francis and his TikTok, saying it's okay to have an average sized peanut or whatever. Yeah. yeah. A, a, a switch was flicked, and like clockwork, one guy after another. It was mm. like they were taking cues from each other. Oh shit! I'm falling behind. If I don't propose, buy a house somewhere. Blah blah blah. And um, lifestyle change. Yeah. Just just you know become a, a, a grown up. A true grown-up. Were you the last one standing with that, that was single? Uh, not, uh, um, no. I don't know. I mean, I wasn't even, like, I wasn't necessarily single, but I wasn't, um, I wasn't signing leases with, right. with, with a right. significant other. Right, your Sundays other. were still open. Yeah, you know, and I, and, and, um, it just felt like an arms race to get your life into some kind of postcard bullshit Christmas card, you know, formula <laughs> and as fast as possible. There was this, it felt like there was an urgency to grow up. And I couldn't, I couldn't square that. Because uh, now gone were all of my outlets and my, and my guys for fun, but also for, you know, how do I deal with this? And how do I start talking to people yeah. too? Cause then it's like, how can I like sandwich in my avenue of expressing my feelings? Right. And I, you know, I've, I've had a therapist. I've been in therapy consistently, but my therapist is a woman mm. <laughs> and she's fantastic. And I think that's actually better for me. Do you ever find yourself sexually attracted to her? Just a little personal side note. I kind of sometimes. Uh, luckily, no. Okay. Me neither. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just, I just, <laughs> I don't know what it is. I've had plenty of therapists that I'm not sexually attracted to, so maybe something special with this one. I uh, just checking. I don't know if it's normal. I thought it was normal because I thought, yeah. oh, I bet this is like displaced. No, I mean, I think that's you, you certainly wouldn't be the first. You know what? What? <laughs> so actually, this is making me think. Every week on the show, we're going to do a segment called Emma's Dilemmas. I love that. And this is a personal dilemma. Okay. That I'm having. Okay. So. I see my therapist, Barbara, Mondays and Thursdays, and I see her in the morning. Wow. Now, now, about a month ago, she said we had to change an appointment, so it was at night, and I think this is part of what happened. So it's at night, and I, we were really laughing a lot. Now, she's funny. She's got a really dark, dry sense of humor, and I don't know if it was like the laughing and the endorphins. Also, she was, she was like, do you mind if I eat while we're talking? I'm hungry. I'm just giving you these details because I think this is what made this attraction happen. And I'm like, oh, no, no, please. And she's using chopsticks, which could be kind of erotic. Maybe mm. I'm just trying to think where this came from. Because, and then we were talking a little bit about porn. I was talking about how I, or I was talking about me working out. And then she was like, I said something where she was like, oh, do you want to be a, you want to be a heartthrob? And I was like, yeah. And then she said, just the way she said heartthrob, I was like, yeah, actually, Barbara, I do. And she was like, yeah, heartthrob, like a stud. And then she ate it with a chopstick. And I was like, hmm, it was timed. But it, so it felt, and then I was like, when we got off the phone, I was like, I felt like, I was like giggly and I was like, this was, she said this, that was funny. Like that was, actually my girlfriend came home, how was therapy? I'm like, well, this was, Barbara was saying this and I say that, like kind of recanting it almost you do like with a crush. 
and she is funny so i'll recount stuff she says a lot she's not like but it's like in a totally appropriate way she's just so quick and then the next day i was like i kind of thought about her breast just kind of came into my mind <laughs> yeah also sure. francis not to be i feel like she's in her she's maybe 70 well everybody knows emma <laughs> which is so and also as a side note i have a this woman who does my hair, she's done my hair for like two years, is conventionally gorgeous, right? Mm-hmm. So I told my girlfriend, I said, I just want to say right away, I don't know what's going on. I, I think I, I don't know what happened, but I I, may, I feel sexually attracted to my therapist. And she goes, no, you must be, you mean your hairdresser. I said, no, no, I mean my therapist. And she was like, what? And because she always is like, okay, there you go. You know, I'll say something my hairdresser said and she'll be like, yeah, you because you're in love with her, it's your girlfriend. I'm like, no, no, I, I really like her. She's amazing awesome but sexually i i don't know i am attracted to barbara so then this is where it gets really weird we're doing a session it's towards the end of the session there was kind of a pause but i never worry about pause with her she leads the conversation really well and i'm like i gotta tell you something and then i like stood up it's over zoom i'm like walking around i was like i thought i was sexually attracted to you the other day and she was like okay and i was like you know i don't know if it was because of the chopsticks or the, but I've been to a million restaurants. I don't have the fetish, you know, I've been, I've gone out to eat many times. And then it gets really embarrassing. I could have sworn to God she had told me she was queer. I swear to God, I thought she said that. Mm-hmm. Like when one of our first sessions, she said as a queer person myself, and I went, oh, I didn't know you were queer. And she went, okay. And I went, I said, well, good for you. And she said, I guess, okay. And then we moved on and I told my girlfriend that I was like, I can't believe it. I just, not that you can ever tell, but I just, I was surprised she said that. So back when I told her I had a crush on her, I said, you know, I think it was part of that we had the nighttime session. I do think you're really funny. And I was like, and also since I know that you're queer and she goes, I'm not queer. And I was like, you said that you were queer. And she was like, no. And she goes, and I know what you're talking about. And I was confused by your response. She said, as an ally or a queer ally. And oh. she was like, I wondered why you like kind of went, oh, wow, like good for you. Like, I, I didn't know that, like good for you. And she was like, and I just kind of said, yeah. And then I go, so you're not queer. And she was like, unfortunately not. She was like, I, I am not. And then I said, all right, well, I don't have, you know what? Then I never would have thought I was attracted to you. I don't have a crush on you. And then she goes, she goes, so you're dumping me? <laughs> Barbara, you bad girl. She's funny. <laughs> yeah, she's great. But I guess my dilemma is I don't know why the fuck I'm sexually attracted to her, but the dilemma is more like, well, not not that there's any reason not to be, because she almost threw herself under the bus. She was like, oh, you're, it's, it's maybe, are you trying to control the situation? No. And then she, and I was like, I really, I wanted to be like, no, I, I, it's, you're kind of attractive. Mm-hmm. But the dilemma is, what do you think about me that I, do you think saying something was the wrong move? What would you have done? Would you have just moved on from it or just keep it as, because you don't need to tell everyone you're attracted to, you're attracted to them, that'd be insane. I'm sure you're not the first person that Barbara has worked with who has told her they might have an attraction she to her. She is kind of pretty. Yeah. She's pretty. And I'm also sure you're not the first uh, therapy patient who has told, I'm sure this is a very common phenomenon. Um, I would have thought, and I, but I've asked a few people and not one person has said they're attracted to their therapist at all. They're like, no. Yeah, I mean. It seems logical. I've never been attracted to a therapist before. Would you have said something to her or would you just kept it moving? It was a little weird. I'm impressed <sighs> that you did. I'm impressed. It I don't makes know what me- I was hoping for. That's Maybe. that's that's a good question. What's the what was the goal there? If she had said anything, anything other than what she said, like if she was like, well, like, let's talk. I mean, I'm in such a good relationship now. I would have been like, I would have been shooketh. I would have been crushed too because it would have been so inappropriate. And this is such a stabilizing thing in my life yeah. that I would have been devastated. So maybe I was testing if I could trust her. I don't know. It's almost funny that you were kind of like rooting for a rejection mm. because anything other than that would have been the wrong result. I would have been shook to yeah. my core, I think. The, all the healthy parts of me would have been shook. 
Um, good for Barbara. Good for Barbara for keeping it on the level. She wasn't even. She didn't even. She just. She did. A, she kind of did a. Eh, yeah, it's this. It's that. Da, 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 da. You're not attractive. She kind of was a little dismissive. Is it. is there any part of you that you know feels that your ego is bruised? Ooh, she maybe. I mean, she definitely didn't give a single indication in any way that she was interested. That's for sure. But she can't. That's right. that's as I'm sure that's probably as much a violation of her patient uh, therapist totally relationship as as telling another patient about your session with her. I guess she could have said, "If I wasn't your therapist, I could understand how someone would be driving you." Too. No, that's 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 as good as a yes to me. That's I know a hint. It is. My girlfriend and I talk about that sometimes. Where if say someone says. I'm interested in you, how you respond to it, because you're not going, oh, oh, I'm in a relationship otherwise. You have to just be like, no. You have to shut the door, but not in a hurtful way. And she can fall back on, you know, the doctrine of therapy, whatever. Right. Uh, my, my people say I can't do this. And she's totally straight. And I'm not, maybe I'm not, have you had that before? Where it's like an ambiguous, you're like, am I attracted to you? Or? Oh, yeah, many times. Many times for, for, for the most ridiculous reasons. <laughs> One time there was a girl in my like fucking singing class in high school who just had a good voice. Attractive. But she wasn't good looking mm. and I couldn't help myself. But I there was, was like, something there. Talent. You warble. You it's warble well. <laughs> I like a good warbler. Can't help I, it. It can be really fun too. Yeah. You have a good voice. Oh, thank you. You really have a good voice. I had seen you sing before on clips from your special. And then when I, I Googled you this morning and there was a song that a song popped up and I was like, oh, Francis really does have a good voice. Oh, that's very kind. It's it's passable mm. for comedy. I would never be a for comedy. Yeah, it's, I have a, I'm a good enough for, to be singing as a comedian, but not as a singer. Did you ever kind of holler at the girl that was a good singer? Oh, yeah, we went out Oh, a couple times. I went over to her place and we watched The Exorcist. God. And she was not bothered, and that bothered it. me. She'd seen it like a dozen times. She may have said it's my favorite movie. We were like fifteen. God, yeah, damn. troubling people. Yeah, troubling. Uh, I feel I, I, there's so much that I, I you you said so many wonderful things, mm. and I, I you know it just moves so well. So I've I've lost some of my points. That but I mean, have, surely have you seen The Sopranos? Not as much as I should. I remember my dad, I actually have very clear visions of my dad watching it. And I love, I love the actor, the guy in it. Yeah, James Gandolfini. James Gandolfini. But I, I haven't, I haven't tracked it. Well, I think that relationship between his therapist and, and him. Do it, they get, and they get together? In it? No, but oh. there's definitely, uh, I think, a, a flirtation with it in their minds for both sides. Her mind too. I think she has a oh dream boy. at one point of him, you know, seducing her and uh perhaps he does too. I think I think maybe he is more overt with it. Um I can't exactly remember, but yeah, it's 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 a very common I would be so I mean she did say this and then I'll kind of one time when I had her cuz you know it's all through Zoom and I was like getting a water and she said, "Oh, your shoulders look great." So that was these <laughs> these <laughs> That was nice. I mean, I've had therapists before I'm not attracted to. The, these are I've people who hold the keys to our mood. Right. They uh, We see them as steadfast, um, lo loyal listeners, and that's hard to find. Um, and sometimes we may forget that we're paying them to do this. True. But uh, certainly, this is the best ally one could have, right? Um they are going to sit and listen to you on a set schedule and offer you advice that you either want to hear or don't want to hear. And uh, there's a power there. I think there's there's power um, in that. Would you tell, would you have guy friends, would you tell your guy friends you're in therapy? Absolutely. Good. Yeah. I would have no problem with that. I don't know if my guy friends would tell me. Mm. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
Okay, we're going to go into another segment called Why Do Men? It's a listener email. Dear Emma and Man, this is something I've wondered for a long time and maybe you guys can help. Why are men so resistant to carrying a bag? It seems like unless they need their whole backpack, they'll just stick whatever they can fit in their pockets and head out the door. The men just never need any stuff with them or do they not realize that there are gender neutral and masculine options available? Past and present boyfriends will just expect me to stick anything extra in my own bag, but I'd rather they just suck it up and get their own. Thanks so much. A betch with shoulder pain. Does this ring true for you about bags? Your guy friends have bags? Um, no, well, oh, no. Yeah, I no. can't think of one. We like to travel light. And I don't like the feeling of a shoulder bag slapping against my leg with every step. Um, Maybe it's a penis protection thing. I'm, well, I'm not really wearing them in the front. Mm. I'm not really <laughs> humping my bag with each stride. I don't know. It's like a subconscious thing where it might like wiggle around and pow. No, it's usually on the on the side hip, True. I guess. And I'll, I'll wear a strap over the front. And uh, <laughs> I don't, it just unless I have like. <laughs> Uh, unless I need to go to the gym and I need a new change of clothes, I, I, I just I don't need more than my phone keys in my wallet. I guess she's saying, though, that sometimes they they say they don't, but they do because then they're putting the stuff in her bag. Have you been guilty of that? Uh, I, have. I guess I, that that would only happen if I were leaving the house in like a bathing suit or happens some some pocketless shorts, which I don't have many of those. I don't. I don't often ask my wife to put things in her bag. I don't know. I. I I've just always thought like, think what. What. What do you carry in your bag? So now I have been carrying a freaking bag because I've been leaving stuff everywhere. So yeah. I have a little messenger bag and I've got like five tracking devices on it. So now, but this is where it gets weird. It's like, I don't know if I need. I have so many track because my ADHD. Uh-huh. So I leave it. So yeah. the more stuff I have, the more I'll likely to lose. But I have my wallet. And then it's like, wallet, I can just have my pocket. But now it comes into sunscreen, other cash, like random things pile up. So in a way, the bag is kind of a hindrance. Right. But it's also nice. I mean, the stuff my girlfriend has in her purse, if you dig around in there, I mean, it's like Tylenol, just medications. She's not on pill. I'm on pill. She's got, there's just stuff that, but she always has a purse. Always. That I've never really understood i mm. mean it's as if a lot of women are prepared for things to go really south <laughs> uh at any given moment what disaster I, right i got a can opener for that yeah m- are you thinking might befall us uh but between here and you know arriving at the the movie theater right, right. what's the what's the detour you're planning on taking they, do i need a bag no, are we going camping right now? My wife has a has a go bag, has a go bag with her. Like that, her purse is a you know we need to jet. Uh, the zombies have come, and <laughs> we'll be fine for two and a half days, and then we'll figure it out. And you know, I don't know. I mean, I also think men's a purse is a part of an outfit. True. A shoulder bag is a bag. It's a. It's a, I, I have plans later that require me to carry more stuff. Oh, it's almost like a commitment thing. I like traveling light. I like traveling light. Helps me walk fast. I ride city bikes all the time. Um, I just don't, I don't know. I don't like having stuff on me. That's good insight. And I think it probably a lot of people can relate to that. I, I relate to that. Because when I'm, I'll have a carry a phone charger. That's something I'll carry in the bag. And that is a good one. I don't like to carry a phone charger Fair. because I want to force myself not to be on my phone so much the battery dies in the middle of the day. Then you're done. Well, then I better get home. They better get home. There's a comedian, Ricky Velez, that we both know, and he is a joke about, and I don't want to, I'm going to totally botch his joke, but in it, he kind of, he pokes fun at people that go in a room and say, anybody got a charger? Anybody yeah, got a charger? Say hello first. And, right. <laughs> and then when I saw him do that, I was like, I got to start carrying That's a fucking a good charger. Bit. I love that bit. Now it's time to ask Francis anything. Wow. This, yep, you might have guessed it from the name. Hmm. This is the part of the show where we try to get inside the male mind with specific questions tailored for my guest, Francis Ellis. France, am I saying your last name right? Yeah. Please, God. Oh, yeah, okay. I thought I was, and then I just got self-conscious. You, you were worried about Ellis? I don't know. 
I wasn't until I just said it right now. And then I was like, that'd be so embarrassing. <laughs> you got it. All right, thank yeah. you. <laughs> Francis, are you ready for me to ask Francis anything? I, I, Francis is ready. <laughs> yeah. What's your most used emoji? Is there an emoji that you would judge a woman for using when you first start texting with her? Uh, I would say that my most used emoji, I don't know, is, is probably like a, either a, a thumbs up, probably a thumbs up. I'm pretty basic. I don't, I'm not a, an emoji heavy guy. I do thumbs up or the muscle arm. I go, yeah, or yeah, the praise or, hands. I go, or the fist, the fist. Never do that one. You don't? Never. Oh, pound it. Pound but the I potato. Respect. Yeah. I respect. Is there an emoji that if you were first texting with a girl and she used it back in your dating days, would you be like, oh? Um, I don't, I would say that anytime someone would send a slew of emojis, that really? troubled me. Just because it's like she's got too much going on. It's yeah, just too colorful. Calm down. Huh. It's just like, come on, let's let's talk to each other. Let's not write in hieroglyphics. <laughs> Don't make me decipher. Okay, life shouldn't be, you know, horse-drawn chariot, two women dancing, martini glass, and then the Zimbabwean flag. Like, what? Get out of here! Right, I just asked how your day was, and there's no way it was that action-packed. I yeah, exactly. You're, there's no way you're feeling all those things. What about the eggplant emoji? Would that be if a girl was like, "Come over later, eggplant," because that's the penis. Um, it is. In case I don't know. Yeah, uh, I I think that would probably be exciting, um, and certainly you know disappointing to learn that she put cooked an eggplant parm. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 but I don't know. Yeah, I guess I guess. Oh, I'm thinking of you know your phallic vegetable, um, and hoping you'll come over later. It it certainly makes it less ambiguous about what what's happening Fair. later. And then, God forbid, she put a string of emojis with the eggplant. And then you're like, "What are we getting into?" Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Next question: Do straight men only get fit to attract women, or do you also care how other men see you physically? <sighs> I'm quite vain, and I I am fit. I get fit probably for my own self. Good for you. For my own body image, but also I tell myself because it makes me feel better. I sleep better. I manage my stress better. All that's true, but I would say the guiding force is probably my own vanity and just not wanting to hate myself. Yes. And it's, do you have a hard time ever not getting too wrapped up in it? I do. I get too wrapped up in it sometimes. <laughs> you know what? You know what I realized the other day, Emma. What? So my my wife's away, and I, I was home in um and just looking in the mirror, mm -hmm. and I was looking in the mirror probably for like a minute. At which point, I thought that the sides of my head, the hair had gotten too long, and so I just pulled out a trimmer and started trying to. Uh -oh. Um, fix it a little bit and within five seconds realized I don't know what I'm doing why do I always think I can cut my own hair I can't now I have to schedule the barber for tomorrow to mi fix this disaster on one side of my head and it occurred to me if you stand in the mirror long enough you're going to want to change something you're going to think that needs to be fixed so for me, it was like, oh, my hair's wrong or whatever. You know, you just, I, I almost think there's like a limit to how long you should look at yourself. I'm not saying don't look in the mirror, but if you just stare <laughs> yourself for too long, you're going to want to make changes and, and things start to look more grotesque. Yes. Next question. What's a memorable non-work-related compliment you've received from someone that you were neither related to nor romantically involved with? Do you give your male friends compliments? A non-work-related compliment? Because I have a, th I think men get complimented a lot less, but it's kind of been set up that way because I think if men do get complimented, a lot of times it might be fair to assume then they'll think sex. I will compliment men because I don't think that they'll assume that, but especially if I see men that are really, I'll be like, you look great. Mm. And they'll be like, hmm. Sometimes right. I go, thanks. Right. You know, it's, it's, this is a tricky exercise because now I'm racking my brain and realizing that people don't compliment me enough. <laughs> I'm sorry. And that there's a, there's a chasm in my life. 
So your guy friends don't, yeah, you're looking good. Your hair looks good. You go to the barber. You know, my Today. friends, my friends will say nice things. Good. Yeah. My my buddy's wife recently told me that I have a good heart. Oof. Which was nice to hear. Okay, good. Well, you didn't like that? No, I think that's a really nice compliment. I guess it would be like, but if someone was setting someone up on a date, no, it's a, actually, that's an amazing compliment from someone you know, but if imagine you were getting set up on a blind date and someone said, what are they like? And they go, they have a nice heart. <laughs> <laughs> Not a nice heart, a, a good a, heart. A good heart, okay. Good heart. Nice heart sounds like his heart's working. Yeah, <laughs> it pumps. <laughs> <laughs> we checked the beat, it's regular. Um, that's all we can say about it. <laughs> Yeah, 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 I guess. Complimenting someone's organs is never... I'll tell never, you, there's one thing about him, his organs, good condition. Yeah, you're digging deep at that point. I mean, that a person looks like shit. A good heart is a beautiful... A good yeah. heart is a beautiful Being compliment. Being told that you have a good heart is, uh, you know, that just that is a, a validation and a full endorsement of who you are as a, as a person, as a soul, all of that. So that's nice. Is self-care something that you, as a man, incorporate into your life? Where did you learn about it? Uh, yeah, I, I guess that I would say that I do. Are we, are we talking? Could be anything. For someone, it could be, like I, someone said, they're like, oh, for my self-care, I guess it's just like video games. And I thought, I had never thought of self-care like that. Interesting. But, yeah, I, I definitely do self-care, but, uh, but because I have to. Have you always done it or is it a newer thing? Because I only started doing self-care maybe like eight months ago. I get better at learning what, what I need as life goes on. You know, I was taught from a young age that I'm a much better person to be around after I've exercised. And teachers would, you know, in the middle of class, tell me to run outside and run really? around and come right back. And then I'd be a, a docile boy, huh? obedient child. Um, and I was just growing and exploding out of my own skin and, and needing to, to run. And uh, so exercise for me for sure getting to bed early waking up early reading you've got self-care things to implement yes i do but also because i've learned that if i let these things go uh i i, I unravel it gets dark i unravel things Same. The, the engine stops working correctly if i'm not getting i mean now at this point i'm like hey look i gotta get sleep I got to talk to Barbara. I got to do these other things. I got to yeah. get my steps. The list gets, but I never used, I didn't even used to brush my teeth every night. That surprises me. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just like, I was, I would just fall asleep. Like I would just be like, ugh. Were you partying a lot? I used to drink a lot. Yeah. yeah. That was part of it. Yeah. So now I don't drink anymore and that helps too. Yeah, for sure. That's I mean, part of self. massive self-care thing. Big self-care yeah. thing. Have you ever been asked out by a woman or do you always make the first move? I I would say yeah I, I have been asked out by a woman and I have no problem with that I think that's cool I think that's like a, a turn on for sure can I tell you please <laughs> well you're talking earlier about your with Barbara mm -hmm. and and uh, the professionalism breaching that and there was a woman in in our industry who was on the representation side and I think they were trying to sign me. And uh, there was another company that was also wanted me to sign with them. And um, I was very attracted to the woman that was trying to sign me. And at one night we went out for a drink. And I think in her mind, it was entirely professional. And after we went out for a drink, we like went back to my apartment mm. to smoke some weed. And we smoked the weed and at, at this point, I remember I was like, man, I really don't know what's going on here. And so I just came out and said, I was like, I'm really sorry, but um, is there something between us? Because, you know, I'm definitely interested. I completely see why you would be getting those. Yeah. I mean, it's in entertainment. There's so many murky things. Yeah. But I would say that someone smoking weed this you know right and she said if there is then i can't work with you and i said no problem i get it um i'm sorry i didn't mean to put that out there uh just wanted to test the waters or whatever she goes no problem no problem all good a week later i signed with the other company and then called her to let her know and apologize 
for, I guess, not going with them. Right. And she said, no problem. Go, but now. And then she asked me out. Love it. Yeah. I love it. Is that your wife now? No. Ah. <laughs> no. No, this was years and years ago. But um I love that. It was it was so cool to me that she had just straight up stonewalled me. Like I'm a professional, I take my job seriously. She's hitting the weed, but still but, but also <laughs> yeah. in entertain but that really is something that is still totally yeah. is the norm. Yeah. Yeah. And then once the opportunity for her to to work with me and manage my career was was off the table. Now, okay, we can, you know, find out where this goes. Imagine from that, my takeaways, I go like fire my therapist and call her up. <laughs> my poor girlfriend. <laughs> Has anyone ever tried to fix you in a relationship? How did you take their feedback? Not so much fix, but certainly mold. Certainly mold to their to their ideal version. And I I'm so not able to do that. I'm so sorry. I can make small changes when I agree, but if I don't believe in your version of me, that'll be the end of that. Do they usually let you, like when in the relationship do they usually start saying, you know, you are messy or whatever it is. I, for me, I've noticed that it'll be like, or they'll be kind of coded. Like, have you ever thought it maybe instead of Googling what creatine does to work on your career more? I'm just thinking of a recent one, but it's like, do they Someone usually- Someone said that to you? Yeah, I mean, creatine? It's, I've been obsessed. Do you take creatine? I just started. I've been obsessed with like fitness and exercise stuff. I think I'm avoiding other things. But you're gonna get you're gonna get beefy. Not necessarily if I keep it to three to five milligrams. Okay, but I did this and I got huge. Really? Yeah. Well, maybe the next time I come in, I'm gonna be swole. Are but, you Are you lifting a lot? Yeah. All right. Hey, listen. I'm just telling you, it works. <laughs> but, it's also really good for your brain okay yeah i mean we create creatine naturally <laughs> right and it's in red meat and stuff like that but also just so you know if you go off of it your body will shrink and that and you can kind of correct it pretty quickly okay um but yeah you buckle up it, i mean i i i was like i i didn't see a friend for i don't know two months uh, and i went on creatine and then i saw him two months later and he was shocked he, he was like, dude, I've never seen you like this. That's all it took. Okay. Well, I've been Googling that a lot at night and I feel like not necessarily try to fix, but it, has someone, do usually they like kind of, do you feel like they like sneak it in or do people just come out and like you gotta, cause they usually try to, I find, put it under, I'm trying to help you. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, my wife has made a lot of corrections to me, but she knows how to put it to me so important also if you trust the person yeah because my girlfriend inspires me now mm -hmm. so i've made a lot of changes because i'm like well i mean with the therapy she was basically like you have to start seeing a therapist it's yeah. not fair that i'm seeing a therapist and you, you. right she didn't say hit the you like that but i knew it was true she was like and you're not seeing a therapist yeah but she'll inspire me and then all but how someone phrases it right yes huge yeah but i've had i've dated people in the past that just that just thought they were my personal stylist or, you know, my dietitian or my sleep regulator. And, you know, I think there's something too where if you don't think the relationship is super serious and you don't, you start to wonder like, well, what, what would make you think you can give me advice that is so personal? Mm. Um, we're not, we're, we're, we're four dates in, whatever. We're, right. Like we don't. I, you know, I haven't even introduced you to my parents yet. And you're trying to tell me like how to manage my money or things like that. I, I don't know. There, there's, I hate to say it, but it, it's almost like, I, I think you got to earn your way into offering wholesale changes and, and how to, you know, suggest things to people that are really, really personal. And really you, you as the receiver of getting the feedback, you want to really know where this is coming from. Yeah. Cause otherwise it feels controlling. And uh, micromanage. Totally like agree. I agree. All right, now we're going to do a game. Who, what, where, when, how? We've already covered why to men. So now we're going to play a little game where we cover the rest of the big questions. Who, what, where, when, how? Here we go. Who do men find intimidating? Mm. I would say uh, men in the military and, and, and who have been in the military. I find intimidating. What do men always have in their fridge? 
um, chicken. There's typically chicken. There's a lot of chicken. Mm-hmm. Where do men do their best thinking? <laughs> and some limes that have been brown for three months. Yeah, those like crushed, like the lime is just shriveled There's up in the back. There's no juice. Looking at the chicken There's like, no juice. get me out of here, man. Yeah. Where do men do their best thinking? Shower. shower. Car, car mm. and shower. Car and shower. I don't listen to music in the car so that I can t- create it, turn it into this cerebral workspace. Stone cold thinking. Mm-hmm. When do men prefer to have sex time of day? Probably middle of the day. Not near a meal. Yeah, no meal. Enough time to let, you know, let things settle in. I agree with that. Yeah. How do men keep friendships alive? Uh, contacting your friends and calling them. You know, checking in. Not just, hey man, how are you? What's up? Call your friend. Call them and ask how their kids are. Ask how their significant other is, how their work's going. Um, you got to do that on a somewhat regular clip. Pick up the phone. Thank you, Francis. This was so insightful. Wow, what fun. And I really appreciate you and I appreciate your time. Where can people find you? My Instagram, you know, uh, just look up for Francis Ellis. You'll find me. Twitter, TikTok, all the nonsense. And your blog. Yeah, I write at Barstool. And then, you know, I'll be on the road. I'm coming to all, all sorts of cities. The Hero We Need tour. Go watch Francis live. He's so funny. It's such a good experience, That's too. That's very kind, Emma. Straight back to you as well. Um, tickets at FrancisEllis.com. FrancisEllis.com. Thank you guys so much. And we'll see you next week on Ask Men Anything. Please send in your questions, things you want an apology for, thoughts at AMA at Betches.com. Please send them in to our next guest. You can also submit them to me at Emma Wilman on Instagram. I'll see you guys next week on the next episode when we will join forces to ask men anything. Ask Men Anything is produced by Sean Kilby and Rebecca Steinberg. Editing by Jazz Zapatos, Rebecca Steinberg, and Shannon Sasson. Guest booking by Anna Zagzag. Send your emails to ama at betches.com. Betches.